Don't objectify I'm me. So, I'm a human. I am objectified. You're just, you're a, a piece of a meat, meat to me. <laughs> man meat, too. <sighs> How is everyone? I haven't talked to everyone in a little while. I'm doing well. Kids are in science camp. Yeah. So they are loving the hell out of that. Yes. That's awesome. Amanda is over in Vancouver, Washington, visiting a friend. She'll be back tomorrow. So it's just been me and the two older boys. I've been just hanging out, having fun. Super, Super dad. dad. Super dad. You take him to the cemetery? Yeah, I do take him to the cemetery, actually, sometimes. The oldest one, that's his favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, should you not? He loves cemeteries. Yeah, you, you told us uh. this story. Yeah. Brian, it's a serial killing podcast. Really, we know. <laughs> that's those are that's like makes me not want to have kids. <laughs> Why? Because you don't want to have to take them to the cemetery. It, <laughs> I don't want one of my kids to be like, "Let's go to the cemetery." No, he like if he has his choice, and we're like, "Hey, what do you guys want to do?" He's like, "Can we go to the Moran Prairie Cemetery again?" Yeah, and he just he knows the name of it and yeah. everything. That's so his favorite geez. thing is he went wow. there and he like looks at the oldest ones. And so he found one of the older ones, and it was a dude named Joseph Moran. The oldest Yeah, like, so the people who were, like, born in the 1800s. He thinks those are fascinating. And then he researches the names. So he'll write down the names and the dates. So he looked up a guy named Joseph Moran, who the cemetery was named after. And he's, like, reading it on on, uh, our tablet. He's like, hey, Dad, did you know that Joseph Moran was killed by a bull? It says here he was gored to death. What's gore mean? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my yep. god. Ah, it's a really educational what, experience. I really truly don't know what to expect from this kid. <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> like who is he He's gonna, gonna have a door. creepy basement What's he gonna and do a to? shitty podcast <laughs> that isn't gonna do it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. Holy I kinda love that he's so thorough he about is. it though. That's yeah. really cute. Marshall's awesome. Does he bring a little like notebook with him? Yeah. To write yeah, he either notes? uses my phone and takes a picture or he has a little notebook and a pencil. This is becoming too personal. I'm learning too much about you, Brian. I don't like it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to be a distant friend. If it makes friends. you feel better, I made all of that up. My name is actually not it's Christian Bryanson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really good at aliases, but it seems to flow. <laughs> all right. What do you guys want to talk about? Well, again, this is the Still Talking Podcast with Colton, Zeno, Brian, and Devin, and we are not talking about serial killers today. Today, what are we talking about? Zeno, you had a good one that I think you stole from Devin. Yeah, I want to hear this great idea that you had, Zeno. <laughs> I didn't steal it. She asked me a question. I answered it. I'm like, ah, we can make this into a whole podcast. Do it. Easily. Right, because I'm amazing. <laughs> so that's why. That's right. It's entirely because of you. Agreed. <laughs> exactly. That's out, what yeah. I needed to hear. Thank yeah. you, everyone. Uh, yeah. All right. Show That's over. my final thoughts. That's my final <laughs> this thoughts. entire podcast is essentially just to bully your ego, and I'm okay with that. It really yeah. is, because it's not doing anything else for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I also don't feel like we're doing a great job at that either. But yeah, really, really, <laughs> sure. really sad, guys. Well, at least we're consistent. Um, yeah. yeah. No, we were going to talk about the consumer. Yeah. Right? That's actually what I named this, my file that I'm recording. That's the consumer. Right. The it's consumer. like the listener. It's like, except for maybe <laughs> yeah. it's this other fictitious person. There's only so, one right. consumer out there, so. Yeah. <laughs> it's just no, the but consumer. No, I'm, I'm assuming Devin was writing something. 
I was I was it. thinking about an article that I was going to write, but I haven't written it or pitched it to anything. Yeah, so, so what's the, cool? Sounds amazing. Can't wait to read it. What's yeah. the What's the general <laughs> thesis of so the article? The idea that I had was just um, it actually stemmed from listening to and editing the yeast episode that you guys did, which was um, considering other questions that people should be asking distillers, bartenders, people who are in this industry to kind of gauge the quality of or the flavors in a spirit. Yeah, the way I the way I took your question and I think kind of the way that I answered it was how to be a better consumer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Without being an esoteric arrogant asshole. Yeah. Right? Like and there's going to be some of that anyways. You know, you you're going to skate that line of pretentiousness because if you're interested in it, you're going to, you're going to come off as pretentious sometimes, but that's just because you want detail, but just be as accepting of all people. But I think the way I took Devin's question was what kind of questions should people be asking instead of like, Oh, where was this made? How How old old is this? How old is it? Yeah. Yeah. And especially (laughs) because age statements are now going to be, I mean, less common. I don't think that they're, Completely going away anytime soon. But well, right now, you have, if it's under four years, it has to have an age statement. Right. Over four years, you can do whatever. And then you've seen, you know, especially Zeno's side of the, the world, they, they take out a Green Bluntory. Bluntory. Dos Macros. Oh, my God. Please don't bring back your Spanish accent, Brian. I beg of you. No. I'm ashamed of that, too. No, please. See, the more it's offended so you are, bad. the more I want to do it. <laughs> I don't I feel know. like I'm offended. I just feel like I'm cringing for you as the words <laughs> right. leave your mouth. We, so... only, we only like you when you cringe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, but so even just even just starting there, that, that gave me kind of a good question, is the disappearing of age statements really is only a double macro thing right now because a lot of craft distilleries don't don't have things over four years, right? So is that a question a consumer should ask only if they're looking at double macro products or? I think it's, no, I mean, I think it's a question, what, about age? Yeah. Right. We say don't, don't care about, don't care about age too much, except. No, that's, that's the most common question I think is what we ruled out. We've said on a bunch of these episodes. Exactly. It's not that age isn't important, but there's other things that are also indicative of what, the flavor might be right. Age isn't necessarily synonymous with quality. Yeah. Right. Like just because yeah. it's old doesn't mean it's amazing. It could be terrible. As a matter of fact, I've tasted some really, really bad old spirits. And um, sometimes, I mean, the older they get is because they were really bad and they just were trying to age it out and see if they could, if oh, it, they were, if, yeah, they were blending become, out in small, small yeah. amounts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. I think when it comes to the consumer side, to go back to that original question of what makes a good consumer, I'd say when it comes to age questions or anything, just consumers should be helping to push for transparency. So, you know, if there's a question on what the age is, yeah, they should definitely ask what the specific ages are. I don't think that's a bad thing because then that kind of pushes, you know, our, our industry and our, you know, cultural group to provide more transparency. And that goes with everything from ingredients. Where are they sourcing their product? What are they sourcing their base ingredients? You know, I think that's probably the best thing a can, consumer can do because that will lead to more information and they will be more educated just by asking those questions. Right. I think we need I think we need to pump the brakes a little bit. I think the yeah. first question should be I think the first question should be is did you make this? Yeah. 
I mean, did, did you make it or did you source it and finish it? That's not, I'm not, you know, denigrating someone that sources whiskey and blends it or finishes it or whatever. Well, I'm wait. just saying. Wait, who are we asking? Is it the is it a distillery? Uh, is that what we're saying? Consumer question. So this is we're yeah. all we're all positing like consumer right. questions. Yeah, right? we're, we're pretending we're a consumer. But if you're in a bar, I'm not going to ask the bartender. Hey, I'd like a shot of Jim Beam White. Did you make this? <laughs> did they make? All this? Right. <laughs> See, did they make this? All right, Colton. Jesus. God damn it. God, you're a pedantic as shit. Yeah, man. I know. Considering I your can't chill take you shirt. seriously with your Jamaican flag Grateful Dead shirt. <laughs> It was a bold choice. It really is. A bold choice. <laughs> yeah. I could. I mean, I could take it off. I guess. Listener can oh, hear your shirt. Take you it just off. See it's just chill, Grateful Dead music. He's just screaming. <laughs> I'm from Ithaca. I'm not even oh listening to you guys. Gosh. There's just Grateful Dead playing in my in my headphones. Live shows only. <laughs> but okay, so let's get back on track here, <laughs> kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what, what I was saying, like, no, oh yeah, did you make this? Or all right, so. Is this made by who's on the bottle, right? So for your yeah, perspective, yeah. Colton, to make you feel better and warm and fuzzy about it. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, I think that's the, the place to start, right? It's like dig deeper. I think this whole podcast, this whole episode, what, that's really what we're going to talk about is be curious and ask information and be respectful about it. That's my, my ultimate theme of what I'm going to say. But I think that the first thing I would do is like, hey, okay, is this made? Did you guys actually distill this? And I don't know if you have that text message of our conversation. Definitely. I can find it, yeah. But you should it. bring it up because, like, those points, we could talk for on all those points. Yeah, you gave some really excellent examples. So uh, let's answers. do a little recap. How do you guys feel the current state of the consumer in the industry is right now? Are they, you know, where do they line up in terms of, like, on the spectrum of beer consumers versus wine consumers? Obviously, there's a mix and a blending of those camps. I was actually just thinking about how I really feel like the consumer and also the industry people involved with spirits are so much cooler than both beer and wine. Well, you're banging one of them. (laughs) (laughs) And you live with Colton. (laughs) Wait, are those two different things? (laughs) No. That's horrifying, and I would not disrespect Amanda like that. I love her way too much. Well, I assume you were sleeping with Amanda. That's what I thought we were talking about. Yeah, exactly. That is a little bit more realistic. Thank yeah. you. I'm not even offended if by Amanda's that. down, yeah, you pass it along to her. I, I mean, it's hard for me because obviously I'm really biased, but I would agree that spirits consumers do tend to be a bit more educated, or at least try to be. Uh, now, granted, I've met a lot of beers, you know, quote unquote beer snobs who seem to know everything about craft beer there is, you know, especially if they live somewhere like Portland, but it does seem to be that a lot of their education is very localized. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but when it comes to spirits, there's definitely a consumer hunger where they want to know everything about every spirit and they ask a lot of questions. Now, granted, you get some of the bourbon guys who only know bourbon, but I think that's the minority. I mean, what do you guys feel about that? I don't know because I mean, yeah, I agree with that, but at the same time, the prevalence of just, you know, repurposed sourced bourbon says that the consumer is not informed, right? That either consumer is not informed or they don't care because it's just the same bourbon on six different labels and and they're still buying it like, like crazy. So, I mean, is that the consumer's fault though? 
Would you fault the consumer for that? If they lack curiosity, not not. I'm just saying, like you guys, you guys are saying they are more educated well, and well, informed. I, but. I never said anything. Yet. I did not weigh in on this. Yet. Zeno is not. Yeah, he never takes a position, guys. I don't know if you've noticed. Oh, I take a position. It's bending over. Gross. Devin, are you one of those people that when someone says something, you visualize it immediately? Immediately. Well, with Zeno, definitely. Oh, good. I'm really glad to know that because we're definitely going to abuse that from now on. Yeah. With Zeno, definitely. Bro, stop visualizing me so much, Devin. Try and keep it professional, don't obje- Devin. Don't, ob- don't objectify I'm me. So- I'm, I'm a human. I am objectified. You're just you're a, a piece of a meat, meat to me. <laughs> man meat, you. Okay, I don't know if I expressed that correctly. I don't I don't know if consumers of any one thing are great, you know, better than the other. I just enjoy at least the people that we interact with in the spirit side of things. I, you know, they're fun people. Yeah. Well, I think let's, let's put it down. Like we're all biased. Yeah. Right? We're, we're all exactly. Biased to that. I don't know how many just consumers I'm interacting with on a regular basis. Well, I mean, think about, think about when you worked at the liquor store, people who came in for beer, people who came in for wine, people who came in for spirits. I did not work at a liquor store that had a lot of differentiation in the type of um, people, the patrons that we had. They were mostly all. Alcoholics in town for the weekend, <laughs> looking for jug wine, looking, looking to get fucking turned. Yeah, yeah. like where's your bottom shelf vodka? Where's the plastic yeah. bottles of vodka? Yeah, yeah. Okay. all the time. I Don't will start. say though, it feels like over the last five to ten years, there has been a consumer shift in spirits. Where before, spirits were what you take shots to get trashed. Like that was at least the cultural appreciation for it. You know, it was something college kids bought you know, in a half gallon and you got trashed on it and you didn't savor it. You didn't sip it. That was very much not part of the culture. I would say at least the popular culture and that changed over the course of the last five, 10 years where it feels like spirits, especially brown age spirits, whiskey, especially that's something people are appreciating. And it's more. Is that Minka? Yeah, that is the loudest pitch squealing. <laughs> That's amazing. I thought it was one of Brian's children. <laughs> oh, I don't let my children speak. I, I never even got to weigh in on how I feel about the This is your opportunity. Yeah. This is it. goes, you know? So I think that a lot of times there's like, I'm going to go back to pretentious and esoteric, right? And both brewing and wine, for sure, both those can fall in that category. I feel like spirits aren't quite there yet because it's not as well established because of the last, you know, really the spirits are kind of a younger generation thing right now. Right? When did Sierra Nevada for debut Sierra Nevada Pale Ale? Well, yeah, but also when did Hubert come out? Like about the same time, right? Yeah, but who the fuck drinks Hubert's spirits? I mean... I mean, Reagan drank... I thought that was pretty cool. Did you read that? <laughs> How old are you, Colton? Like, <laughs> yeah. you, you didn't see that on like the news? <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you that everyone should drink it. It's a great yeah. spirit. It's like one of my favorite spirits in the world. I'm but, just saying that's not that. I'm not going to call Hubert's spirit Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Sure. Sorry. I guess that's a reasonable point. <laughs> yeah. So I'm saying that there's like, it's been, it's more established. So some of that super high-level arrogance, 
I only get that really. I don't get that from consumers that much of spirits yet. I get it more with people that are industry people yeah. that are involved in it, whether they're ambassadors or producers, whatever they are. Yeah. You get some of that, but not really with the consumer. There is this. These people just want something that tastes really good, yeah. and if they don't know if the label, the people on the label actually made it or they sourced it, they don't care because they want it. That's that, they want something that's really good. There was a guy on my hockey team the other night, and he's like, "I was like, oh yeah, I want to go home and have a glass of whiskey." And he's like, "Oh, I'm going to drink blah blah blah," and I'm like, "Oh, cool, man. Yeah, that's that's pretty good." And he had no clue. I was like, "You know, they don't really make that. That's fine." He's like, "Oh yeah, they're local." I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> they're not." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm like, they are, and I respect what they do, and if the liquid's good, the liquid's good. But I don't think there's that, this innate curiosity and in that brown spirits are, are still on the rise, right? Well, I think that, I mean, that's also one of the harder parts of us educating the spirit consumer is that a lot of times the spirit is just one ingredient in a cocktail, and, you know, fancier hey, you co- guys, fancier Alyssa, cocktails. Alyssa's are, calling me. You want to you talk to her? Yes. yes. Hi, Alyssa. You're on speakerphone on the Still Talking podcast. Ah, oh, you shouldn't have told her. <laughs> hey, can you hear us at all? She won't be able to hear us at yeah. all, so she's just going to have to talk. It's okay. <laughs> That's right. I realized that you can't hear anything except for me. Just tell her to tell us everything that's happening with her. Yeah, I can literally hear nothing, so this is really weird. Hey, tell, yeah. tell me, tell everyone where you are. I heard they have a cool rap scene. Is that true? <laughs> Devin said she heard they had a cool rap scene. Wow. Well, um, I haven't experienced that while I'm here. That doesn't mean it's not true. I've met so a lot of um, very polite people. What? Very polite. Is she in uh, Canada? I she said- and you- <laughs> Dirt. And you didn't drink any old fashions made with dirty brandy? white people. I thought she said dirty <laughs> white people. Although we haven't been to the, tonight was the first night we went to a place that like really focused on cocktails on their menu, and they had draft cocktails, and one of them was a gin and tonic with rosemary. So I had that instead. What kind of gin? Uh, it didn't say. Cool. Did you Way ask? To be a bad consumer. Did you? Ask? <laughs> Was the tonic fresh? Was the tonic fresh? I'm sorry, yeah. I said that in Devin's voice. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually. It was really refreshing and, and, and definitely tasted fresh. All right, I'm done holding the phone, so say goodbye to everyone bye, and I'll call you later. Alyssa. Okay, bye. Bye. I love you, Colton. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Colton. All right, so what were we talking about? I mean, Being that consumer. conversation actually just poses an interesting question, though. You know, a question that would even make sense. I guess people probably don't even think they're getting a draft cocktail or just uh, cocktails in general. Do people really think about the spirit that's going into them? Yeah, I think that's going down a whole other rabbit hole about cocktails, right? I, You guys know how I feel about cocktails. I very rarely drink them. You love a brandy old-fashioned. I don't love a brandy old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, what did you do to this? <laughs> but that's a, at the same time, you know, the other side of the coin is that that's what has 
you know, powered the craft spirits movement. Yeah. Yes. We didn't have craft cocktails. We would not be, I mean, we may still be making this podcast, but we'd have negative listeners. <laughs> So, <laughs> wait, we don't have negative listeners. <laughs> I, we literally have negative listener because I don't listen to our own podcast. So, <laughs> yeah. neither does Zeno, that's for sure. No, Honestly. I think you raised a really good point about the cocktail scene. I agree that that's what helped differentiate it from, say, beer and wine, especially. Beer and wine, a bartender is going to pour you whatever you ask for. There's not a whole lot they can do to, you know, garnish it, gus it up change what i mean on the one hand there's a strength in that in that whatever you make you know exactly what the consumer is getting and that's wonderful and consistent but also that doesn't really lead you into getting that bartender or you know the retail side to really care about what's going on when they get a chance to take your base spirit and use it as an ingredient where they feel like they're part of the process you're going to get a lot more fans in terms of the actual, you know, bartenders. Bartenders are going to have their favorites. You're going to have more of an interaction with them, I think, than most brewers would because there's you're actually building a community in that regard. I think distillers have much more interaction and relationships with, say, like the USBG and the bartending scene than brewers do. I might be wrong on that, but it just seems logical that they're working together to build new products in terms of a cocktail. Well, yeah. I mean, we at least... Distillers can at least their relationships will show more where the brewer may come in and teach you how to, you know, clean your tap lines and pour really good beer, but that doesn't yeah. always, you know, the consumer. They care about how their beer is getting served. Right, is the brewer sure. doing yeah. that? Yeah, a lot of them. Do. Small brewer, yeah. Like here's this line that we pushed turds through for seven years. Metaphorical <laughs> turds, Devin. All right. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know Drink of drink from that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and in that, you know, in that scenario, they're literally showing them how not to screw up the beer. But I think yeah. it's less of a conversation, more of, you know, just an FAQ. You know, here you go. Here's yeah. what you do. When it comes to a, a distiller going into a, a bar and having a conversation, it's here are some ways that this spirit works really well. If it's gin, you know, I've met a lot of gin producers who go in and talk about the best way to mix their gin, say, in a gin and tonic. And here's how not to screw it up with certain mixed drinks. But that's not just a one-way conversation. The bartender then can taste it and then come back and say, hey, well, how does it taste in this? Or what if I utilize this? Or what if I tweak these ratios? Yeah, it's a- and then that will give the distiller some ideas, too. And so it's more of a communal thing. Well, and then the then the customer comes in and the bartender takes that conversation you just had with the distiller and kind of just keeps it going with the customer, right? And says, here's, you know, oh, I just met this distiller. He was showing me this gin. This is like all the things we can do with it. You know, right. we can put it in a brandy old So what you're saying is can, like a, a spirit is multidimensional, you know. whereas, right, like a, a beer or a wine is like, here's, here's this beer, here's this wine. And that's pretty much that. Yeah, this conversation is not biased at all. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> but I think that gives us a lot of flexibility with consumers. If a consumer comes in and tries a beer and he hates the beer, he's almost never going to go back to that beer and try it again. There's no reason to. There's no variability with it. That beer is always going to taste the same to that consumer. However, cocktails have kind of the gateway aspect to them where if a consumer tries, say, uh, you know, a whiskey, a bourbon, rye, whatever it is, and they hate it off the bat and can say, okay, wait, let's back up a step and let's try something else. Let's try an old fashioned. Let's try Manhattan. Let's try a couple different variations of this spirit and kind of work them through it until maybe it's months later. But in the end, they may be able to sit there and have, you know, a glass of, you know, that product neat 
that they never would have been able to do before because they kind of went through these variations that you can't I don't know. I kind of hate that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. why? I mean, that's good. No, but why, why I mean, do you think that's kind of yeah, bastardizing I, I, I the mean, product that's, itself? That's or? me being sensitive because I'm a, I'm a producer, right? So, like, if I if I made a spirit and someone right. drank it and eaten, like, oh, that's gross. Mix that with some diet Dr Pepper. I would be like, oh my god, just <laughs> dump it down the drain. <laughs> Yeah. Just buy my bottle, but then dump like, it. I just drain. don't think that or like, I don't know. So you're saying that you think the consumer will try a spirit neat, and if they don't like it, they will be willing to mix it with something to. Well, I yes. think if they don't like it, then they, I mean, if they don't like it though, is that, do you think it's more often because they maybe don't like drinking spirits neat? Yes. Yet? Probably. I think don't order a like fucking a neat stepping drink. Stone. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. start with the diet, I mean, Dr. Pepper, true. and get to the neat. Well, I think that's usually what does happen, though. I think usually yeah. people start with that, very, you know, they start with something that's mixed first and then work their way towards it. Unless they've got a friend who's like a hardcore enthusiast and they have a ton of stuff on the back bar who may try and force them to having, a, you know, a glass of old granddad or something like that. Um but, but still, even then, forced old granddad. I know, right? Then, I knew, you, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. You're still going to go through a little period. You know, there's going to be a period of time where you're going to have to adjust to drinking spirits neat. That doesn't come. It didn't come naturally yeah, it's for me. You're a it took bitch. me a little while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's because I was drinking Corsair whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> it's made we don't use quinoa. names on this podcast. Uh, we are salting quinoa. the earth. <laughs> that's it's good. That's for you. a fair good good rebuttal. Touche, Devin. Touche. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I understand. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Like it, you're saying, it usually works with the diet Dr Pepper getting to neat. I just I don't know that I've ever experienced any consumer like oh I had something neat and like mm, I don't like that try and add some whatever I and, and that I, might happen I mean, and when push comes to shove drink it however the fuck you want to drink it like right. as long as you're drinking it I'm happy right? I think a good example of this would be like drinking a high proof spirit I think you drink like a castring spirit and you might not be into that but proofing it down might transform it into a more palatable palatable spirit for that particular person. Fuck that shit. I'm drinking a cast strength spirit right now. <laughs> right out of the barrel. Yeah, he's actually got a giant straw sitting I'm in a barrel. I'm just sucking on the cask, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I'm he's got chewing, a straw just, just, just shoved into on the barrel bung stave, of that barrel. Like a real goddamn man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's Honestly. the name of the episode. Yep. Like a real goddamn man. <laughs> if we had if we had actual listeners, one of them could maybe like design that and illustrate it. So, you know, with a stage. Oh, that could be our first t-shirt. You that would munch be it awesome. on. <laughs> yeah, I want I want a t-shirt of Zeno chewing on a barrel stave. All right, so should we get into some of those questions that we talked yeah, about? Let's do it. Let's start the episode, guys. No, I think there's a lot of good in here. There's a lot of cutting, but I think oh, there's yeah. a lot of good in here. But I think like back yeah. in the whole cocktail thing, you can still be a good consumer and drink a cocktail. So if you're not ready to drink spirits neat or even on the rocks, that's fine. So like when I gave pushback to Alyssa, I'm like, well, you didn't even ask what the base spirit was. And like that's part of being a good consumer, right? Like if they're going to make – I love bartenders that give you an option or say, do you yeah. have a preference in gin? And you can say well, and then whatever they fucking have in the well is what you drink in your gin and tonic. But if you really want Bombay Sapphire, 
then motherfucking drink Bombay Sapphire. Sure, right? yeah. Like, yeah. And Or if you're like, I don't know, is there any kind of cool craft gin that's out there that I, you want to mix in a gin and tonic? And I have That is a really good option for the bartender to like open that up for you. Yeah, and it doesn't to, happen, but you can discuss. ask for it too. Like you can say, yeah. say, hey, I want to have a gin and tonic. What kind of gin do you use in that? Or like if you have yeah. a cocktail, which you know, like, you know, a gimlet or a French 75, what kind of gin do you use in that, right? And yeah. I, I think that that's, that's part of being, I think the best part about being a good consumer is just being curious, right? Yep. Right. Yeah. But I mean, also be curious, but don't take it too far. Don't ask like the source of every ingredient. Yeah. Did in they proof this down with rainwater from Ethiopia? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think as a consumer, you have to go into, if you're going into a bar, you also have to gauge the interest level and the education level of the server. You know, if they're just that's trying true. to drop off a drink and they want to serve you well and don't want to have a conversation, then that's not going to be your best choice to get some education or ask those kind of questions. They, right. At except, best, they're going to hand except you the for asking and about you yourself. So that happens. That actually happens at my spirit. favorite bars is where they hand you the bottle. What's the place right. in yeah. D.C., Colton? The uh, uh, or both you, Brian, too? Like, Jack uh, Rose. Yeah, the most one of the most prolific whiskey list I've ever seen. I mean, every, yeah, it's oh, crazy. By, by far. And yeah. every drink, they hand you the bottle. Like, and you can look at it, right? Like, I talked to the guy from the owner of Jack Rose very briefly for a story, and he was just, it was a story about, like, how how spirits make the cut at his bar, and he was awesome. Mm-hmm. But was that he Bill? He was like, it's about, yeah. yeah, he was like, it's quality or nothing, and that's, like, it. And so why the fuck do they have Corsair? <laughs> uh, they they don't. They have hopped whiskey from us. That was, no. that was one of the most depressing things I've ever seen. They did oh, have they did have old bummer. granddad from like 1912. Oh yeah, <laughs> they, I think they had a whole list, a whole page of old granddad. So the oldest granddad, right? Not necessarily just to throw this Great out as a plug, granddad. but currently on their website, Jack Rose has two hundred or two thousand six hundred eighty-seven bottles of whiskey on the wall. It's one of my favorite stats that you get. I believe you, Brian. Okay, so there's actually an interesting anecdote about Jack Rose that is about Colton. He was in there educating the server about Corsair. Didn't you actually give the server a bottle of Corsair that you brought from one of the tasting events? I did, yeah, because yeah, we were walking around with it. Yeah, they still don't have it. So. <laughs> well, that says a lot right there. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> such a Colton move yeah. to go to a bar and be like, "Here, take this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brian says it like he didn't also have a bottle that he was carrying around. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is, I didn't make that product. I was just giving it out. <laughs> hey, oh. yeah. He's like, I just pedal and exploit you producers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you like it. Speaking of peddling and exploitation. What are you guys drinking? <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking a Vouvray. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was imported by Kermit Lynch, which if you're in a wine store and you're ever confused, it's always a good go-to. It's a little petroly. That's like a nice A little bit, now, yeah. Nowadays, that's what all the cool kids are using. Petrol. Is that yeah. what they say? Very British. I'm drinking, I'm drinking that, um, that California bourbon, the... Uh, Logan. Oh, damn it. Yeah. I'm not drinking a lot of it. Just, you know, enough. What are you drinking? Are you uh, drinking anything, uh, Tina? Yeah. Uh, well, I was drinking something. I finished it. Um, it was uh, Maggie's Farms. Ma- Queen Share. Oh. Nice. Yeah. Do you know anything about yeah. that? Or? I do not at all. <laughs> Tell me all about it. Uh, so his Queen Share 
that he finished in an Oloroso cask. So yeah. yeah. So I got it when I was I don't know at at ACSA, but when we went to Tim's. So you know, do you know the city that where that's made? No. Are you familiar no. with that at all? <laughs> no, it's the winningest city, I imagine. Uh, the best city for sure. Right. <laughs> the winningest, <laughs> yes. The Queen share that he finished in that Oloroso cask is so fucking good. Yeah. Like I, I it was painful for me to finish it today. Genuinely, all of their spirits are really good. That Falernum is... The Falernum is insanely good. Incredible. Who the fuck drinks a Falernum? But it's insanely but good. Ed- educated craft spirits drinkers. Or, or a super booze douche. A booze douche. Maybe that's the title. Or like, oh yeah, I'm a bartender at this really cool speakeasy. Yeah, I just drink Falernum yeah. and, and, and pint glasses of... Uh, Campari. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you guys know the New York Times said the drink of the summer is an Aperol spritz? Ah, uh, of course. <laughs> well, that so. just changed my summer up. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been waiting to hear that, Brian. Shit. Not that anyone asked me, assholes, but I am drinking Westward American single malt whiskey <laughs> from House Spirits. Ah, uh, from House. Yeah. Yes. Hey. It's very phenolic from what I recall. The bottles are too small. How? What do you mean? They're three seventy fives. All and of they're like ten thousand dollars for a three seventy five. <laughs> well, Ryan Reynolds is involved now. So. No, he's only involved no. on the gin side. Aviation. Aviation. Right. Which they're no longer me? involved in. Though, so, right? oh no, House Spirit is still he producing owns it. Aviation. No, no, no. no. Okay. Uh, he so he is part. Thank you. Part investor. Yeah, he's part. In, oh, okay. He's marketing promotion slash. I'm guessing tiny investor. I don't know how much, but he's essentially there as like their brand guy. Just a little tiny bit. investor. He's their brand guy. He's their brand, their brand guy. Brand guy is Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. They, they tossed him some shares because that yeah. makes for their smart ambassador. <laughs> Man, I'll toss I'll toss Ryan Reynolds some shares. If I'll, I bet I'll you will. Make, I can make a gin. Yeah, and by shares I mean my butt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, I just pictured you tossing your butt <laughs> Like I detached it from my body I was like, hey, look at this thing It's really out of shape and sad <laughs> No, I actually just pictured you like Just doing like a little motion Where you like <laughs> so wiggle his butt. You're imagining me twerking right now That's what you're <laughs> explaining Oh, she is It's. T- I can see it Like her Part of her eyes just deadened Hey, my milkshake <laughs> brings all the boys to the yard. <laughs> Specifically, Ryan Reynolds looking for omelets. So, so the, are you going to read that text message conversation? I love that we had like our own side conversation. Dev and I don't text very often, but we did, and it was. <laughs> but nice. when we do, it's nice. Yeah, it's always. It's always uh, uh, there's some weight to it. It's so yeah. much more civil than our other conversations. <laughs> well, yeah, because I have to be done. super mean to you. It's funny. Yeah, but when I talk to you straight, it's just like very informative. Yeah, I'm just like your actual friend because that's what I am. Whenever I I know that if I'm going to ask Zeno a question, he's going to give me a really good answer. Well, I'll give you an answer. That's not putting good in front of it. I I asked you and Colton the same question around the same time, and your answer was (laughs) Well, if you're comparing it to Colton's answer, then maybe you can slap a good on there. (laughs) 
I thought she was just sexting, so. Uh, <laughs> well, it was Sexy. in a weird way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first question, or the first thing that you said to inquire about is what the raw material slash grain bill is. Right, and that's and Brian said that earlier at the beginning of this episode, and it was like, right. you know, people are always going to jump to, hey, how old is this? But like, okay, so we you've already gotten past or you don't care if they made it or if they're just mm-hmm. a bottler. But like, hey, what is this? What is the grain bill? Or what right. is the raw material, right? Is it a weeded bourbon? Like, whatever you want to, like, I drank Weller 12 tonight. I'll tell you what. I don't love weeded bourbons. Weller 12 is pretty good. And and I think that most, like, normal, so you if don't you're mean, into drinking spirits at all, you usually probably are pretty used to asking that question. Yeah, you would ask that. Like, so when you order You'd a beer, like, we're going to, we're, we're pulling these parallels to beer and wine. Like, if you order a beer, you, you order an IPA, you kind of know what you're going to get, Right. Exactly. For the most part. Or you order a stout, you know what you're going to Those are vastly different, right? So if you order a bourbon or a rye, okay, you have a general idea, but you have to dig a little deeper to get into that, right? right. Is this a high rye bourbon? Like, why do we like Old Granddad Bottle and Bond? Well, because it's delicious. Well, because but it's also, the best goddamn American it's got, spirit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it also well, yeah. is a high rye bourbon. Yeah. But so yeah, when you say <laughs> when you say ask the mash bill, you mean very general terms. You know, just no weeded rye, high rye, single malt. Not. Don't expect your bartender to. It's seventy eight percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's whiskeys out there that you know will be honest about that, but I'd say most. What's of them it say on that low gas bottle right there, sweetie? Sweetie, I love that. Well, it says age two years. <laughs> it says it somewhere. I don't. I know it does. That was a dick move to put Colton on the spot and ask him to read. That was not nice. Yeah. Like, if you're trying oh. to call him out. Hey, listener. Hey, listener. He's handing it to Devin right now. He's <laughs> translating for it. Nah, it doesn't say percentages. It says corn, malted barley, and malted rye. Okay, but that, like, no even that so. generalization gives you. Yeah, an idea of what what you should be right. expecting. There's a right. depth of understanding of that spirit further than if you were just like, oh, cool, this is a bourbon. So on the consumer side, if a consumer wants to be more, you know, better educated, what kind of resources do they have besides just going in and asking the bar- bartender? Do you have any suggestions on that? Like what else should Still talking podcast. Still talking. Artisan Spirit Magazine. <laughs> there you go. Green Funtory. <laughs> just direct message Zeno. Uh, um, there's this crazy thing out there now. It's like, uh, it's called the internet. I don't know if you guys ever heard of it. Uh, a dad joke. <laughs> yeah. No, in all honesty, though, like, how many times... I did this as, like, I mean, I'm a beer guy, too. I fucking love beer. I love wine. Like, I look up everything that I drink on my phone all the time. If I don't know something, I look it up all the time. So I'm making a joke about it, yes. But you should definitely do that, right? You can get a lot of information. If people aren't super forthcoming with what they're doing, then maybe you don't need to know. I think that that's a good point, though. One of the best things. I mean, you could read a bunch of books and go, you know. S- oh my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Your cat just gave was, Devin a heart attack. That was. Nah, I think Zeno just had his real voice come out again. <laughs> Sneezed. That was Alyssa. 
Every 30 minutes, he's just got to let it out. It builds up in his body. <laughs> oh, my God. So, She's making my allergies go crazy. I'm sorry. Why do you have a cat if you're allergic to cats? <laughs> it's not my motherfucking cat, all right? <laughs> it's in your house. It's, it's half, your cat. It's half years now. I would sooner <laughs> throw her out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope listener is not a cat lover. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So, um, yeah, fuck my wife. Who cares about that? Fuck my <laughs> wife. <laughs> that cat. Oh Why did you pick her up and put her right next to your face? <laughs> I never claimed I was a smart man. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. So, that's obviously not that important. But, yeah, good point. Good point. Good point. Did you just compliment your own point? Good point. I was going to make. No, we were talking about knowing, knowing the grain bill. Yes. Yeah. And, oh, you said going out and, and yeah, that's true. You could read a bunch and study everything, but I think that just sitting down and actively drinking something and looking up what it is is probably one of the best ways to learn. Definitely. And connect it to the actual real experience. Well, And, you, and then I, you get, I think I'd, another good way to... <laughs> Noises. Another good way, like you know, always, always look it up. But also, you know, almost every city or town is going to have a you know a sort of craft cocktail bar that they usually offer. You know, industry nights or a lot of distilleries. If you have a distillery in your industry, will do sort of cocktail classes and stuff, and just kind of learning, going and in person and talking to. You know, professionals who spend their lives doing this all the time. Their lives? You're going to be. Did you just say lives? He did. They're all, the, all multiple lives. All of their <laughs> nine cat lives. He's got that <laughs> stupid shirt on. He's talking about reincarnation now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Um, also, go out and drink with your friends. Get everybody that you know super into it also. Yeah, well, there's, that's actually, that's, and, that's the yeah, best. There's a bunch of, talk about there's it. There's a bunch of groups and out there that like are into spirits and craft spirits and bourbon or whatever it tickles your fancy. I think that, you know, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's got its whole category on FetLife. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> As a matter of like resources though, to become a better consumer and find out more information. I think that, you know, I know I'm a distiller. I can't, I have no idea how many distilleries, breweries or wineries I've been to. I, it's fucking countless. And you know what? Every time I go to a new place, you know what the first things I look for are? Distilleries, wineries, breweries. And like, and I go to them. And I think yeah. that's the best place to get it because the people that are going to be most passionate about that particular spirit are the people that are making it. So you can get... That's true. And you know what? You always have the distiller effect or the winery effect or the brewery effect where you feel obligated. You're like, oh, man, it always tastes better there. right? It's like drinking Corona when you're on an all-inclusive vacation in mexico it's the best beer in the world you get home oh, no it's just shitty mexican lager but you had it on vacation so it's great and that's the same thing yeah. effect that you get at distilleries and whatnot but at least you're gonna get it's gonna get its best shot like you're gonna understand the most about it you're gonna see where it's made and that goes for if you're gonna go to grim beam I didn't even. I didn't even change that. <laughs> did, you, did you try? Yeah. Did you, yeah. That one was. Put good, an extra though. letter in. I guess. It's grim because it's sad. <laughs> yeah. Grim being. But no, I mean, like if you go there, that's still you're going to have this connection. You're going to have this memory attached to it. But more importantly, you're going to learn 
the intimate details about how this is made, the raw material that's about it. You can ask questions. That, by far, to me, is the best way to find out about the spirits. Now, you're not going to be able to, you know, go to fly out to California and go to that distillery and try their spirit. Maybe you're going to order that in Nashville. But at least, you know, you know, if you have that curiosity, you should definitely explore it. Yeah, definitely go to the producers' places of business. That's great. You're supporting them. You're going to have a good time. What's not to love? All right, do you want to answer another question? Nope. Yes. Yes, more about being a good consumer. All right, second thing to ask, what type of distillation or the type of still used? Right, I think that's huge. So, again, I'm going to go to that. I love that you're drinking low gap because that's a very specific type of distillation on a very specific still. Yeah, right? Like most most bourbons are not made on brandy stills or cognac stills, right? And so this one stands out because... It differentiates it differentiates itself that way. Man, I love how bad your words get towards the end of the podcast. <laughs> Man, I get deep in the low gap bottle and then yeah. all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, so I agree with that. I think that's an incredibly good question, but I do worry that that is so esoteric and so specialized that, I mean, for a consumer to ask that question, they have to learn a little bit about different still types first. Like they actually have to. Yeah, that's a good thing, right? Well, no, Is it is. That? It's incredibly good. But I don't think it does them a lot of good to ask that question if they don't know the difference between a cognac still or a pot still and a column scale still or a continuous column scale. Any of those kind of things. If they don't. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm stuttering. But I think you can generalize Words. that, Brian. I think you could say like, oh, cool. Like say, how was this made? Right. Pretty much yes. my whole life is a how it's made episode. That, that's like, good, what I want. Right? Like, come on, did you guys never watch How It's Made? I yeah. love no. I love when Zeno yeah. starts singing on the podcast. It means a lot that's to me too. It's about the same time that my words start Once going downhill. Colton's so. words cut <laughs> out. There were Zeno like seven singing. times I wanted to sing already this episode. <laughs> Let it out. You have a lovely singing voice, especially when you do that falsetto. (laughs) I can't believe you guys never watched How It's Made, but uh, I don't even know what that is. The narrator's voice drives me nuts. It's way like he's just barely like interested in the subject he's talking about, but not enthusiastic at all. Like he's just like yeah. That's yeah, right. I think I watched the Jack Daniels one. The, well, the Jack Daniels one's all right. That was it yeah, for me. The Jack Daniels one's yeah, right. sure. No, I mean, but there's a lot of good Is ones. Like on I watched the, like they had the supercar ones, and they had like That's Rolls true. Royce ones. Like, it was awesome. Anyways, let's reel it back in. That sounds cool. Like, all right, this isn't a how it's like how made it's podcast. how it's made. Whatever spirit you're drinking, right? Like, just ask that yeah. very general question: How it's made? Like, oh, well, yeah. you know, they forage all the botanicals for this gin and then make it on a huge rectifying still and then macerate it, or. Right, like, or they use a gin basket, or right, like, if someone—that's the most amazing gin you've ever described—the <laughs> fact that they go out there and forage, and then use a giant rectifying yeah. still. <laughs> Shut up, Colton. All right. <laughs> Shut it, Colton. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is like, depending on who you're who you're talking to, right? You're not going to ask a bartender that, obviously. Like, but if you're 
if you're if there's an ambassador, if there's a brand ambassador, right? Which are the DJs of the alcohol industry, by the way. That is let's say they well, yeah. love that comparison. Yeah. Really good. But yeah. <laughs> but as terrible as they are, they should know or at least want to know or be upset if they don't know the answer to all your questions. Yeah. Wait, aren't you a brand yeah. ambassador, Devin? Yeah, yeah. Ficky, ficky. She, yeah. Knows what type, she knows what type of still it is. Don't ask me a bunch of questions about the brand. <laughs> what type of, how is it made? What, what type of still do they use? Um, they have Hoga's. Nice. All right, you're right. Yeah. You already know more than most brand ambassadors that I've met. <laughs> yeah. Is it made from yeah. people? It's made from people. I parts. knew it. Soylent Green? Yep. Soylent Rum? Soylent Ferlano. So, Brian, does that make it better? Does that make it better if I generalize that question then and say, like, how was it? Was this made on a. Did they use a doubler here? Right. <laughs> no. Yes, I think generalizing it a little bit helps, but I like that, not to overuse this term, but as a gateway you know, to more education, I think that is really good because the more entrenched they get into the production style of spirits, that will get them more invested in the products they're drinking. So I do agree with that. I just worry that it does take a little while to get to that level of education because that kind of question is, it's a little more high level than I think the vast majority of consumers would be able to tackle right off the bat. I see that more as an educational piece on our end as, you know, as industry, as producers, for bartenders to really start getting consumers up to that level where they feel comfortable asking those kind of questions. Fair enough. Devin, next question. Okay, ready. <laughs> what maturation choices were made and why beyond age? Ooh, all right. So I, I say next one. question, but this is just my text. <laughs> you ask these questions. <laughs> Ooh, that's a really good question. I, I was waiting for him Devin, to say that. That read is incredible. The, well said, Devin. That is amazing. <laughs> Who? Where are these questions We should have an entire podcast on that concept. We should bring this person on the podcast. Very informed. Wow. All right, Colton, go. Beyond age. The Bob Marley wannabe motherfucker. Are you even listening yeah. to this podcast, Colton? Are you, are you involved? No, nah, I got Grateful Dude, Dead going, dude. man. I told you. No, he's dying of toe cancer. <laughs> so, what? Aww. That is super Aww. random. You don't know how Bob Marley died? Of toe cancer? I had no idea. Sorry. Yeah. I lack a lot yeah. of bar- more Bob Marley you know. trivia. Yeah. Do, do, do. Brian is now an educated <laughs> consumer. I do. Bob Marley music. The more you know. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I guess especially on, uh, it's important on every level, but especially on the craft level where we can't, we don't, we don't have the scale to do, you know, long aging. We make a lot of other choices in terms of our aging, aging profile where, you know, we, we find finishing barrels or we find, or, you know, we put some weird sort of flavoring in for our gin or something like that to differentiate our spirit and, and make it stand out in the marketplace Again, because we don't have that sort of economy of scale, and we need to just make it stand out and be, I don't know what the word is. Unique? Unique is a great word. (laughs) (laughs) Devin, Devin, can you just turn his mic off? We're just going to die. I'm done. (laughs) This is bombing hard. The the importance of extrapolating on how old is this, right? Because if you say, oh, this is six years old, and you put it in a fucking ten gallon barrel, then <laughs> I don't want anything uh, anything to do with that, right? <laughs> so like, 
the age isn't, I guess this goes back to the very beginning of this episode, right? The age is only a starting point. Oh, like, okay, cool. Was it aged in a new barrel? Was it aged octagon in, barrel? In, uh, yeah, uh, hexagon. Right, in a beehive barrel. Was it barrel. aged in yeah. a squirrel? Octagon. <laughs> squirrel, right. It's aged octagon in the barrel. octagon. It's like it, it, it had an MMA yeah. fight its way out. In the octagon. Get William back. We need to talk about this. <laughs> William was great, by the way. Yeah, he was great. He was fun. He could replace all of yes. us. We should just do a podcast where it's him talking. That would be better. This is officially the Kelvin podcast. <laughs> I think Colton's 100% right, though. The going deeper into the aging side when it comes to the uniqueness, I think that because that is the question everyone's going to ask is, what is the age of the product? <laughs> yes, I was so hoping that would happen because <laughs> I was watching. What happened? Ready? You don't see his, like, creepy child in the back? <laughs> say hi. No. Can you say hi. Hi. <laughs> Oh, hey. which one is that? Hey. hey. Which one? <laughs> Hi. Oh, my God. Hey. Uh, Hi. Hey. Hi. Can you say who you are? I'm Grant. Grant. Uh, Grant. We've heard Grant, about are you. Grant, you the middle one? <laughs> I, um, yes. How old are you, Grant? Seven. 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 I'm pretty sure you can uh, beat your dad in a fight. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably. Okay. Can you say bye-bye? You could take your dad in a fight. See you, Grant. Brian's like, that's enough. That's enough Zeno contact. (laughs) Don't give him any ideas. Okay. So I totally saw him coming out of the corner of my eye, and I was hoping he would come around, and I knew with the lighting and his, like, super white hair that he would look like one of the, like, Village of the Damn Kids, and he would just freak out Devin, and that could not have gone better. (laughs) He just looked like a shadow at first. I was like, that's a weird shadow. It's so far away. It's, he is a shadow. He's in. a genetic shadow. Yeah. Uh, wow, your kids are so cute, Brian. They I, I know. Seriously, happened. it's disgusting. Yep. Shocking. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's, good thing Amanda's amazing. Yeah, no, that's why I'm so hideous is because I gave like all the beauty that I had and just gave it to the kids. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You're just a fox before this. <laughs> <laughs> and now you look like Colton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was a mean dig at Colton. <laughs> all right. Everybody relax. Colton is beautiful. <laughs> okay. I totally lost my train of thought. What we were talking about? I was saying things. Oh, the aging side, yeah. Because consumers are going to inevitably ask about age, I think it's really good to dig in to the variations of what age can mean. So different barrel types, like you were talking about earlier, staves, you know, uh, staves, inserts, things like that. There's a lot of nuance there, especially, as Colton said, on the craft side. What about new oak versus aged or uh, Used. uh, Used. used neutral oak? Sure. I mean, you can ask I mean, about how are people aware of that? Do they think about it? But I think this very conversation is part of it. Like, okay, so it's about being curious, curious. right? Like, oh yeah, how did you age it? Like, where was it aged? How yeah. was it aged? Right? Like, you're gonna accidentally fall right. upon things that you're gonna find interesting, and you're gonna dig deeper, and that's how you really get into it, right? Like, I mean, I, I think that's being a good yeah. consumer is just know what you're Plus, drinking. I think that. Right, just don't take it for face value. get excited when you ask them about aging, you know? Hey, I'll be right back. I got to check to make sure the house isn't burning down. Do dad stuff. Do dad stuff. Be right back. Yeah. I thought thought that his son said, that man's scary. (laughs) 
I think he probably that kid's not going to sleep well tonight. That's for sure. I mean, if I had a look at Devin, I would be really upset too. Uh. <laughs> Brian, are your kids okay? Yeah, they're good. I do got to wrap up. I got to get them to bed here. So no, we're, we're done. We're done. All right, final thoughts. Final, final thoughts. thoughts. Devin guest. Final thoughts. On the spot. Um, I think that it is, I mean, I really think that it's great to learn more, and I really think it enriches you as a consumer to be more informed, but don't let it, don't become closed-minded because of the more, you know, hopefully that the more you learn opens you up to more possibilities, and don't just pick one spirit and decide that that's the only spirit you want to know about, and that's the only spirit you want to drink, and every other spirit is inferior to that. Hopefully, learning more is just a tool to trying more things and getting to know more people and opening yourself up to new experiences. That's good. Tailing off of that, I'll say don't be pretentious. I mean, it's really easy as you start to learn a little bit to start looking at people and what they're drinking, how they're drinking it, and easily be like, that's disgusting, you're ruining the spirit, which may absolutely be true if they're mixing in, you know, Diet Dr. Pepper, but if they're drinking Diet Dr. Pepper and a spirit, at least they're drinking the spirit. And I really do feel passionate about people being able to evolve and enjoy the base spirits down the line. So just let them kind of ride it out, help them educate and be passionate. I mean, people really sense that level of passion and it's infectious. So just enjoy it, go with the ride and just don't be a pretentious prick. Except for you, Zeno, because that's why I love you. (laughs) I am what I eat. Um, so, uh, I'm going to piggyback on that and say, don't be a dick, which is kind of like, don't be a pretentious prick, right? Like it's mm-hmm. a prick, a dick, it's, right? But, it's very right. close. It's so almost like you're stealing. It is him. exactly like I'm stealing. I don't have a final thought. I'm, um, you have a final other guy's thought. <laughs> oof, gross. In all seriousness though, like, uh, be respectful. Be respectful of if you're at a distillery or if you're talking to a bartender, like if someone is sharing information with you or if you're at a distillery, so like a bartender shares information for you, you're at a distillery, they're sharing information and they're going to be passionate about it. Be respectful that this is their work. This is their job. This is something they're passionate about and they feel strongly and everything we do is subjective, right? What I like the three other people on this stupid podcast might not like, but they're idiots. But um, <laughs> like, but like, be respectful to those opinions because you have your own too, and that's the the best thing I can say is that you know your tastes change and things go, and you don't know everything. You will never know everything, and everyone has a different outlook on that particular spirit. So just be respectful. Colton, bring us home. Yeah, so I think I think all three of you just touched on it, and we've been kind of dancing around it the whole podcast. But you know, go out and kind of you know. Do as much research in the back end as you want, but the most important thing is just go out and try things. Just drink. Just go to a bar, order something you haven't had before, right? Just That's really the best way you're going to learn about a spirit. It's just you go out and you try it. Maybe buy a really, quinoa whiskey. You don't know. You know, just maybe, try it. You know, maybe, <laughs> maybe go to Jack Rose and order the hopped whiskey on the menu. No, please don't. Please don't. <laughs> well said. Beautiful. That's a really good point. Good job, okay, guys. cool. Go put your kids in sleeper holds. Sleeper yeah. holds. Yeah. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Cheers, all. See ya.